How's everybody doing? Good? Blessed day today? Anybody think that Sabbath is definitely one of the busiest days of the week? I think so. When you're, when you're busy, your mind's in a billion different places. And anybody ever forget their Bible at home? Happened to me today. In my Bible is my sermon. But thankfully, <laughs> thankfully to technology, we have something called cell phones. And I was studying last night, so I, I got my points. So I called my dad. Dad, is my Bible at home somewhere? Yep, sure enough, it's outside on the chair where I was putting my shoes on. I sat down, put the Bible down, put it in my shoes. I went back in the house and grabbed some other stuff I forgot, put it in the car, and drove off. And so, called Dad, he even picture messaged me my sermon. So, let's see what miracle the Lord does today, right? Let's pray. <laughs> Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for all you've given us, for the many wonders and the miracles that you've bestowed upon us, even though sometimes we take it for granted, Lord. I just pray that as I speak, it will not be my words, but your words, Lord. I just pray that if I do say anything of fault, that it will fall from, everyone, from everyone's ears. And help us to have a good Sabbath day. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some of you have already heard, but I have gotten engaged. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mike took the big plunge. Some, some of my friends are like, oh, you got the, do, the new ball and chain on you now. And uh, I got engaged last Sunday. Last Sunday, the day before Valentine's Day. I didn't want to do the predictable Valentine's Day proposal. I wanted to be different. And so um, it was, I said it was a pre-Valentine's Day party. So I invited me and Sarah Beth's friends, my family, her family. Now, her family has never come over to my house before. So when they walked in, now this was a surprise, when they walked, when her dad and her brothers and all that walked in, she's like, what is going on? Now, you can see how I propose on YouTube. You can see the, the entire, the, the, all those stops I pulled, the exact moment when I got done on one knee. Uh, just, you just got a YouTube. Michael proposes to Sarah Beth. Uh, so I'm not going to spend the whole time preaching about how I propose, but there are a few things I have learned within a short week of being engaged, and that is the importance of communication. The importance of communication, especially listening. Turn with me to your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Is this everybody's personal testimony? Are we all slow to speak, swift to hear, and slow to wrath? Aren't we complete opposite? Every single person is slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to get angry. Now, I mean, it may not be your personality all the time, but truth is we are very ignorant when it comes to listening. Listening is one of the many ways we can show our fellow man that we love them. Listening was one of Jesus' key tools in his ministry. If you notice in the Bible, whenever Jesus did a miracle, very rarely did he do the miracle and say, be on your way. It was always, what can I do for you? Or what do you want me to do? 
and then the person would say, Lord, uh, I've been blind my whole life. I wish, I, can, can you give me my sight back? Or like the 10 lepers in Luke chapter 17, I believe, Luke 17, the 10 lepers came. Jesus said, what can I do for you guys? Lord, make us clean. Jesus listened, and he, he did the miracle. So Jesus was a very adamant listener. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Also remember Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Nicodemus said, Jesus, can we, can we talk? So they met late at night, and Jesus listened to Nicodemus first and then gave him counsel. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have been asked to renew our minds, to renew our personalities, to be just like Jesus. And that means being willing to listen to other people. Now, I could sit here and I could preach to you, or I could give you tips from the Bible and what I've learned in my own life, how to be a better listener. Anybody want the tips or you want me to preach to you? Which would you rather have? Tips? All right. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Peter 1.22. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. 1 Peter 1.22. If you're there, please say amen. amen. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. How are we supposed to love one another? Fervently. In depth, willingly. First tip I want to offer you on being a better Christ-like listener is, I, I, I summarize it in these two words, concentration versus fascination. You guys got that? Concentration versus fascination. Anybody know what it means to concentrate? Ever say, okay, I want you to concentrate, devote all your energy on just focusing on this one person. And matter of fact, Reach into your pocket, your purse or something, and pull out an object. This was in my pocket. Everybody do it. This is, a, this is, this is a, an activity. Pull out something. If it's your phone, please don't play with your phone. You can look at it, but don't play with it. I had that problem last night when I did this experiment. So everybody pull out something, whether it's a pen, your phone, uh, a key, something. Every, any, everybody have something in their hand? Okay, good. Now what I want you to do for 20 seconds, a very short 20 seconds, I want you to concentrate solely on this. Concentrate only on this. Do not think about anything else but the object you're looking at. Devote every single fiber in your brain, in your body, to concentrating on this object. On your mark, get set, go. Don't think about anything else. For about 20 seconds, concentrate only on the object in your hand. Don't even listen to my voice. Five, four, three, two, one. Time. Anybody here Please raise your hand if you only thought about the object in your hand. If you o the only thing you thought about was the object in your hand, you had no other ideas in your mind, no other thoughts besides that particular object. Wow, very cool. So there are a few of you who could do this. Now, what happens is sometimes when we concentrate, 
Well, like when somebody says, concentrate on only what I'm saying. Sometimes the harder we concentrate, the more distracted our mind gets. For instance, I have songs continuously stuck in my head. The more I tried concentrating on this pen, the louder the song got. So what my point is, the more and the harder we concentrate, the more off our concentration gets. You guys following me? All right, now, in contrary, for the next 20 seconds, I want you to be fascinated by the exact same object. Did anybody feel like physically taxed when they were concentrating? Like, you actually felt like, man, that was actually kind of hard. That was actually a struggle just to focus only on one object. Anybody felt that? All right, most of us felt that. So for the next 20 seconds, I want you to be fascinated by the object. Maybe pay attention to the details you may have never seen before. Feel how the object, what's the texture of the object. Be fascinated by it. Kind of let yourself fall in love with the object. For the next 20 seconds, ready, set, go. Maybe you see details you've never seen before. Look at the color, the writing on it, texture. Five, four, three, two, one. Time. How easy was that? Compare that to when you were concentrating on the object. Which was easier, the fascination or the concentration? Fascination was way easier, wasn't it? Now, husbands, when was the last time you were fascinated by your wife? Wives, when was the last time you were fascinated by your husbands? <laughs> Good point. Uh, when... When we meet somebody new, sometimes we cognitively think, okay, I need to concentrate on this person. I need to make sure this is my only focus right now. And the harder you concentrate, the more your brain wanders. And then 20 seconds after you meet the person, you forget their name. <laughs> but if we switch our thinking and we become fascinated with the person, it becomes a lot easier for us to listen to them. We become fascinated. It's like, what was your name? Oh, wow, it's a really nice name. And you listen to their tone of their voice and the mannerisms that they use, their facial expressions. When we become fascinated with somebody, it becomes a lot easier to talk to them, right? You guys following me? Jesus was fascinated by everybody. He indefinitely listened to people, listened to their needs. He was fascinated. So first, my first point is fascination versus concentration. Let's be fascinated by our fellow men. Our second point Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2. Ephesians 4 and verse 2. If you're there, please say amen. Ephesians 4 verse 2. With all loneliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Lowliness, meaning humbleness, gentleness, don't be big-headed, long-suffering, be patient with one another in love. Here's my next point that ties into this verse. We're supposed to be loving, patient, and gentle with <clears throat> who we talk to. Now, 
when we have a conversation with people, we struggle with something I like to call conversational narcissism. Anybody know what a narcissist is? A narcissist is somebody who's so focused on themselves, is so big-headed, they can't talk about anything but themselves. That's what a conversational narcissist is. Uh, a conversational narcissist does nothing but talk about themselves when you're in a conversation with them. For instance, Lloyd, how was your day? Good. Yeah, man, my day was pretty awesome too, dude. I mean, I, I drove here, forgot my Bible though, so compare that to this. Lloyd, how was your day? Fine, sweet. What was, what was so good about it, man? You woke up, praise the Lord. It's always nice to wake up, right? So you have a good week? Yeah, you had a good, good. You guys see what I did? First example, I like to call it a shift response. I asked, I may have asked Lloyd a question, but as a narcissist, a conversational narcissist, I quickly turn that conversation around right back to myself. I, I, we, we've all talked to people like this. People who want to kind of one-up us in whatever we say. It's like, man, I had a, I had a pretty bad week. Yeah, I had an even worse week. You won't even believe what happened to me. It's like, yeah, dude, I, so I got, do you have a good Valentine's Day? So yeah, yeah, I had a good Valentine's Day. Uh, so what do you do? Oh, we went to, we, went, uh, we just stayed home and we had dinner. Yeah, man, I went to the super expensive restaurant and I took my girlfriend out to, you, you talk to people who always constantly try to one-up you in, in certain things. That's a conversational narcissist. And we're all guilty of it at one point or another. Now there's two things Two kinds of responses that we have in conversations. A shift response, which is in the conversation, you always shift the conversation back to yourself. Or a support response. A support response as in you support what the person said and you keep the conversation supported and designated on the other person. For instance, what I did with Lloyd, I asked him, how was your week? He said, fine. It's like, oh, cool, what was so fine about it? Or, you know, yeah, it's good that we woke up today. Did you have a good week? You can, we continuously focus the conversation on the other person. You guys following me? Just how to be a better listener, how to keep the conversation focused on the other person. So first of all, be fascinated by the people. Don't be a conversational narcissist. Be humble in your tone. And the last point, the last point is something that has basically saved me in my communication abilities. That point is paraphrasing. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John 3, verse 18. 1 John 3, 18. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. If you're there, please say amen. amen. Bible says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in what? In deed and in... And don't always say you love each other. Instead, show it. One of the best ways to help listen, to understand what other people say, is by paraphrasing. Why I give this tip is because this really helped me in Sabbath school teaching and preaching and especially talking to people, witnessing to people. That's really what I want you to take away from the sermon is how to be a better communicator, a better witness especially, how to focus on people. And so paraphrasing has really, really saved me in witnessing because... When somebody says something or says a story or says a point, sometimes in our mind, we hear it differently. And so you paraphrase by saying things like, all right, what you're trying to tell me is da 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 or from what I'm hearing, you're saying this. 
You guys kind of following me, how to paraphrase? So what paraphrasing really is, it's not being a parrot and regurgitating exactly what the other person said. Paraphrasing is taking what the person said and interpreting it into your own words and saying, is this what you were trying to say? So for instance, <laughs> excuse me, well, a wife can go up to her husband and say, honey, uh, we need to talk. Some of the scariest words a guy can ever hear. We need to talk. <laughs> and at that point, guys, we better listen up, right? Now, one of the best ways I've learned to counter that situation is by paraphrasing, saying, okay, so you're saying, or is, is this what you mean? You're meaning that we're not spending enough time together as a couple. I'm, I'm always working. And sometimes what happens is when we paraphrase, we also give the other person more ideas. I was like, yeah, that was what I was meaning, but this too. And so by paraphrasing, you're really be creating a dialogue into understanding each other. It's like, okay, by, by that, do you mean this? Yeah, I mean that, but I also mean this also. And so it's like a continual building of understanding, which is really good for couples, for boyfriends and girlfriends, for parents. Um, I mean, don't, don't use it like, so you're saying you want me to clean my room. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, of course, we can all use these tools for the worst, but this is, these are all things I've found in my own personal life that really improved the way I can communicate with people, especially meeting somebody new, um, witnessing, and most of all, being able to be loving more like Jesus. Because when you listen to somebody, when you talk to somebody, doesn't it make you feel special to know that somebody has listened to you and has actually paid attention to what you're saying? And in the same way, we can make the, all the difference in somebody else's day if we just listen. Jesus did this all the time. He simply listened to the people. If the disciples needed to talk to him, Peter was famous for it. It's like, Lord, you know, this is my problem. And uh, Jesus ended up, all right, well, I've, I've heard what we said. Now, let me answer you in a parable. Jesus was famous for listening. That was one of his chief ways of witnessing. Go with me to Romans chapter 10, our last verse. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Everybody there? Amen? Amen. Bible says, so then faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing and hearing by the? Word by the word of God. The Bible continuously emphasizes how important listening and hearing is. We can read the Bible... But if we don't hear it, we don't understand it in our mind, we don't implement it in our minds, then what good is it to even read the Bible? Jesus is continuously talking to us, but are we paying attention? Are we listening to him? In the same way, are we listening to other people? What I've given you today is I've given you the tools of fascination versus concentration. I've, I've talked about uh, uh, conversational narcissism. Making sure that the conversation is focused on the other person. Paraphrasing, the awesome tool of paraphrasing what other people have said. But most of all, all of these tools are for nothing if we don't have Jesus. What's the point in talking to somebody if we don't convey Christ's attitude? If we're big-headed and we talk about ourselves and we talk about how holy we are or how great our day is, what's the point in talking to people if we don't let them know that we care? How many of you here want to be more like Jesus and be able to listen to other people? I definitely want to be more like Jesus. Now let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness, and your grace. We thank you for the time that we've spent together. 
that we've been able to uh, listen to one another, to witness to one another. I just pray that, Lord, as we go our separate ways this week, that we will be better witnesses, better listeners for you, both in our own lives with our loved ones and with new people that we meet, but especially with you, Lord. Help us to hear your voice and to do your will. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't believe we have a closing hymn. So, Mom, if you want to come up here, we'll sing a song. <laughs>